0: Only sector spider ETFs divide the S&P 500 into 11 investable pieces. You can now customize the S&P 500 by overweighting and underweighting sectors to meet your investment objectives. Before investing, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SectorSpiders.com for a prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. Distributed by Alps Portfolio Solutions Distributor, Inc., a FINRA member. Hear that? It's summertime, and at my bookie, that can only mean one thing. It is winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. And at my bookie, winning season's all about your chance to win big. Bet NBA playoffs, NHL, Major League Baseball, UFC, golf, and then some. The craziest sports summer we've ever had. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your sports intuition, people. Select from hundreds of futures bets. You can bet games in real time with my bookies live betting. Put that big old brain of yours to good use and use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and double your first deposit new players get up to a thousand dollars in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games that you bet thousands of cross sport wagers props and parlays await sign up now and bet with the best and celebrate your victory your winning season begins today only at my bookie today on the zabe cam newton speaks and he's ready for a huge season dak prescott is holding firm will Jera cave bill belichick can eat a sandwich and still break the internet Also, in a pandemic, pro sports are still going to gouge you. All that, plus at some point, the mass hysteria has got to break. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Wednesday, July 15, 2020, thank you for joining me. We'll start with Redskins news. It's not good either. Two bits of bad news. One is Kelvin Harmon is out at wide receiver for the season. The sixth round pick, the young emerging talent who is going to be the number two wide out opposite Terry McLaurin and part of a young group of receivers for Dwayne Haskins in his second year, blew out his knee. Um, and is out for the season. Did it training on his own in preparation for the season. This kind of stuff happens. I just wish that it didn't happen seemingly all the time to the Redskins in the offseason. This is now, I think, the third straight offseason losing a guy of prominence. Last year, um, Reuben Foster was supposed to be a big asset. He could be this year an asset. We'll see. He's supposed to come back. He blew out his knee in the offseason. The year before that, I think it was Junior Gallette. It's just seemingly every year there's one guy, you're counting on him, and you're like, boom, nope, he he's not going to happen. Meanwhile, Antonio Brown is making Google eyes at Dwayne Haskins on the internet, on social media, because that's what kids do today, and even grown-ass men, 30-year-old kids, these kids today. Of course, Antonio Brown is looking for a job, and of course he'll take one just about anywhere, and he has worked out with Dwayne Haskins in Florida during – this pandemic and so I think he sees a lot in the young man that he'd like to be a part of including a big arm that can throw big rainbows that AB could run under it's intriguing because I'm not totally negative Antonio Brown at this point he obviously was a disaster with the Raiders but I think you could get him and, and get something out of him for one year but not if you're a team like the Redskins that I think are still a ways away from really contending So I am not in favor of Antonio Brown as a Redskin. Antonio Brown as a Packer? Oh, I would would kick those tires long and hard and really take a look at it. But of course, the Packers won't because the Packers are so conservative and so measured in everything they do, they couldn't think of, oh my God, how will we handle Antonio Brown? Just handle him like, hey, here's a job. If you fuck up and lose it, you're out. We're not paying you a ton of money. And by the way, this guy, 12, he can throw rainbows. He could really resurrect your career, 84. So I don't know. Is it too hard to wake up on time, be at practice when you need to be, and not film everything in the locker room? Okay, good. Let's go. I would be be in favor of taking a good, hard look at that. But back to the Redskins, the other bit of bad news is ominous warnings have been coming out from various media members who cover the team about Alex Santos and Richard Mann, uh, two personnel guys who were fired, high-level personnel guys who were fired uh, last week by Ron Rivera. Very odd you'd fire two guys like that at this point of the offseason. What could it be? What's going on? What's the deal? Why now? Well, the rumblings and the feel is that it is something conduct-related, and those who know the story but are not yet at liberty to report it, have said it is sad and disheartening, the news that is about to come out. I'm guessing it's a conduct issue, and I'm pretty sure it's going to give, once again, all the national media haters and the pundits a low-hanging, candy-filled piñata of righteousness with the word Redskins on it to whack open with their sticks. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be killed for it if it was part of a dysfunctional culture. Again, this goes back to Dan Snyder. It all goes back to Snyder. This is the culture he has. And God help Brown Rivera for cleaning it up. I know he's trying to make strides on this, but as many other coaches who have come in and tried and failed or left, there's only so much you can do. And of course, it's never enough with the name change, right? (laughs) You could have seen this one coming from a mile away. Kevin Blackistone, who I believe still writes at times for ESPN. I know that he is a professor at Maryland and a nice guy. And I used to work. We would have him on the sports reporters, Andy and I, years ago. And he seemed very down to earth and down the middle. And, you know, obviously he's got strong feelings about race and sports and that's fine. But he seems to have gone very hard left. Of course, Blackistone ripped the name change. No kudos for Daniel M. Snyder on this one. Said Blackistone in a radio interview, my first thought was, where's the apology? My second thought was, this is disingenuous because you still got the letterhead on here with the name just glaring. Blackistone said the fact the team name and logo, which are being retired, was still used in the release, shows that, well, the change that was coming wasn't sincere. Also, Blackstone said that, to his knowledge, none of the Native American community has reportedly been involved in much of the decision about where to go from here, to which I say, and I concur with my boy, One Account Rhodes from last night, I'm sorry, but no. Native Americans are out now. Like, we're moving on from that. We've been told by the professionally offended and the righteous, no name. No imagery. Okay. We're moving on. We're out. And we wish Native Americans and the tribes the best of luck. Guy Gazunt, go with God. We love you as as fellow children of God and good luck. But no, we're not going to sit down and say, well, what do you want the name to be? Oh, Code Talkers, huh? Okay. You have a logo? Oh, you don't have a logo. You can whip something up? Oh, okay. And how's that going to look? Code ta- Washington Code Talkers. What if somebody else finds a fence? Ah, you know what? Never mind. We were thinking about wolves or warriors, so thank you for your input. This is not how it's going to go. Also, Blackstone said, my third thought was, what What do you have to say about the name that you're considering, given that you haven't even given voice to or given an ear to the native folks who you've insulted since buying the team 21 years ago? Well, the people who are insulted are going to be insulted. He did give an ear and a voice, and money millions of dollars to a good number of Native American tribes and associations. Even if he abandoned that effort kind of half-heartedly, at least he did that. So, you know, it's not like he didn't interface at all with any part of the Native American community. One thing which would be interesting is, what if, and this is an email from Ken Guckenberger, my friend, attorney in Denver, he says, uh, I got the name for you, Zabe. The Washington Americans. Keep the logo. Oh, yeah. Keep the logo, the colors, and everything. Just change it to Americans. It's too easy, and I'm sure there'd be pushback and squealing about it. And the logo's got to go. It's racist. But guess what? That'd be the best middle finger FU. They are indeed the first Americans. Sometimes, says Ken, doing the best least is the best solution. Ken goes on to say, I grew up the son of two St. John's grads. Their first date was at the holiday festival in the garden. Luke Karnasek would say hello to the folks when he came through Florida. Changing the name to red storm was the worst because red reminds you of every time the name was changed. And what is a red storm anyway? I would try to avoid red hawks, red tails, because continuing the red just will aggravate matters and make you more pissed off. As to the gear, I'd expect the replaced logo will become a nod among fan base that have been with the team a long time. I'm a Bucks fan, and all of us wore our ridiculous Bucko Bruce stuff with the orange and the feather cap until I wore it out. I suspect you'll see that in D.C. Great to have you back. Still doing a great job in these crappy times. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, Ken. That's a very nice email. Uh, Snyder doesn't have the balls to pull off. Well, name's gone. Redskins out. Americans in. They are the first Americans. And the logo? Designed by a Native American, Walter Blackie Wetzel. And he loved it. We loved it. Chief Two Guns White Calf with the uh, image on the side. It's glorious. Beautiful. No need to change. Washington Americans. These were the first Americans. Honor them. Look at that. Look at that dignity right there. Redskins gone. Done. Boy, would that be a ballsy move. The NFL, though, would swoop in. And, of course, FedEx would scream bloody murder. and Nike would as well. Be the great power move, though. Of course, Blackistone, not the only one to say, meh, not good enough. Of course, Michael Wilbon called it annoying and tone deaf. And Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio saw it as one final act of defiance by owner Dan Snyder. It's never enough. It was never going to get you kudos. You have to wonder, why didn't you just dig in? (laughs) Bill Belichick can be funny just sitting, eating a sandwich. How do I know this? Well, I saw a picture of him doing that, and I laughed. Or just drinking OJ, or maybe drafting at his kitchen table with his uh, Alaskan Klee Kai doggo right at his side. There's something about Belichick that's funny. He was filming a subway commercial in Boston, and he was sitting on a park bench. Production crew all around him, key grips, gaffers, lighting guys, you name it. And there was a break in the... Commercial, and Belichick's there with these khakis on that went up to about his mid-calf, high waters, like Forrest Gump, plain black polo shirt, big sandwich in his hand, and he was sitting two clomped feet flat on the ground, square knees, two hands on the giant sub-sandwich, and And you could tell it was not a take for the commercial because all the production guys around him were kind of relaxed and whatnot. It was just a snack between takes, or maybe the The fact that he's all squared up, two feet on the ground in broad daylight, and he's got his mouth around the whole. Ow. Nobody, by the way, looks good eating a sub sandwich. It looks like you're shoving a giant thing in your throat. But Belichick with the sandwich, the way he was sitting, funny. I don't know how he does it. It's amazing. We're on to a foot long. Yeah, I get the foot long. They charge extra for extra cheese. It's kind of a ripoff, but it's. Uh... You know, running the business, so I just gotta pay the extra for the cheese, extra for the bacon. I get it toasted too. It's good to get it toasted. Subway, I'm a fan. Okay, is that it? Good. Man, professional sports loves to gouge. The Dodgers, the latest team to announce that if you superfan wants your image on a cardboard cutout in the stands during the pandemic. You can get that for the low, low fee for the entire 60-game season of $299. What the hell? Yep, that's it. Now, that comes out to $5 a game. Only if, however, they played all 60 games at Dodger Stadium, which you know they're not going to. Plus, how many of those visible cardboard cutouts are really going to get on TV, huh? I just want a cardboard cutout of the guy with the fedora hat and the radar gun sitting behind home plate. That's what I want more than anything. Three hundred dollars though for the season. I think the Astros, excuse me, the Astros are asking a hundred bucks, which is a bit more reasonable, but still, you got to be really vain or a total super fan to pay that kind of money. The WNBA has done their MVP dirty. Elena Della Don, your reigning MVP, and your champion uh part of the champion washington mystics team has said because of her bout with and battle with lyme disease that she has overcome she would like to sit out this coronavirus shortened season due to medical concerns and offer that the league extended to all its players as long as their review board approved the request you won't believe it but the wnba said no they said yes yeah, sorry That's not good enough. Elena Deladonna said she's disappointed, not sure what she's going to do next. Uh, It just is so stunning to think that the WNBA, which is such a darling league, especially with major media outlets like ESPN, would be so fucking tone deaf. But guess what? I think they realize we need her. Like, she is the face of the league. She's our most marketable player. We can't have her bow out. If she bows out, then guess what? other players might do the same. And uh, we're trying to scrape back as much money as we can, probably not a whole lot. Without fans, our TV deal's not very much, but I'm guessing that was the case. That that she basically uh, was too important to let out. That's outrageous, if you ask me, but it is what it is. Reminds me of the great scene from True Grit. Rooster Cogburn. I bow out!
2: A fine thing to decide once you brought her into the middle of the Choctaw Nation. I bow out, I wash my hands. Oh, gentlemen, we cannot fall out in this fashion. Not so close to our goal with Tom Cheney nearly in hand. In hand? If he is not in a shallow grave somewhere between here and Fort Smith, he is gone. Long gone. Gone? Thanks to Mr. LeBeef, we missed our shot. We barked and the birds have flown. Gone, gone, gone. Lucky Ned and his cohort gone. Your $50 gone. Gone. Gone the whiskey. Gone. Seized in evidence. Trail is cold if there ever was one. I'm. I'm a foolish old man who's been drawn into a wild goose chase by a harpy in trousers and a nankin poop. <laughs> uh, Mr. LeBeef. He can wander the Choctaw Nation for as long as he likes. Perhaps the local Indians will take him in and honor his gibberings by making him (laughs) chief. You, sister, might go where you like.
0: I mean, that is a great, great line. It's a great little riff right there. One of my favorites of all time. But, yeah, teammate Natasha Cloud said, quote, it's bullshit. So, at WNBA... Elena Deladon has to either play or risk her life. What do we stand for? Because apparently it's not the players. Wow. Dagger, You, you tell them. Somebody report back to me who can still stomach watching ESPN on a regular basis. Has ESPN gone after the WNBA for this callous decision? Miles Garrett gets paid. Details on his extension by the Browns. Huge. Five years, $125 million, $100 million in total guarantees, $50 million guaranteed at signing. He's now under contract to 2026. I think he's a lying asshole the way he tried to frame uh, Miles Garrett. Not Miles Garrett, but he tried to frame uh, uh, Mason Rudolph. Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he gets into a scrap. The Browns are beating the Steelers. They don't beat the Steelers very often. Uh. Rudolph, being a little scrappy punk, gets into it with Garrett. Garrett rips his helmet off. Next thing you know, he's swinging like a weapon, clonking him over the head. Luckily, did not kill him or give him brain damage. I mean, it's no exaggeration to say it was that close to a really, really bad modern-day Rudy Tomjanovich-Kermit Washington situation. Two days later, Miles Garrett cooks up the, he called me the N-word, bullshit unsubstantiated by anyone else on his team or on the opposing team and no recording of it whatsoever. Conspiracy nuts. How come there's no audio? I want to hear the mic'd up audio. Give me a fucking break. Will you? Anyway, miles Garrett gets his payday and this after his big suspension because he's really good. And the bottom line is simple. Talent always skates past trouble. You can lose your cool, nearly kill a helmetless quarterback, half your size, Well, after the whistle, make up a racial slur claim that has no backing two days after the fact and still get paid. Talent privilege, my friend. There's lots of privilege in the world. White privilege, sometimes black privilege, certainly money privilege all the time. Talent privilege in this case. Miles Garrett has it. He's got his money. Dak Prescott has his money. Will he have a lot more money by the end of today? July 15th is the deadline to get him under a long-term contract. Otherwise, the one-year franchise tag of $31.4 million will be due to Dak Prescott when the season begins. Uh, The Cowboys are frantically trying to get him under contract for a longer term. They want five years with an average of money which is below what Dak and his agent are looking for. They say, okay, you want to pay us that? Well, then make it a four-year deal, not five. Cowboys have said, ah, yeah, I don't think so. If the Cowboys have to go the franchise tag route, and if they do it this year and next, 31.4 this, 37.6 in 2021. That is a huge amount of money to still have him only on a rental because after that, they'd have to hit him with either a transition tag of 45 or a franchise tag of 54 or unrestricted free agency, which could be a disaster. Dak Prescott is not that good he's probably the 10th 11th 12th best quarterback in the league but he's good enough to win and win big and win it all with and he plays every week and he carries the mantle of being the Cowboys quarterback very very well he is a perfect face of the franchise and that's hard to find and having guys that don't get benched because they're that bad and don't get hurt every other week hard to find He's very similar to Kirk Cousins in that regard. Kirk's not very good, but Kirk has made nearly 200 million dollars from the moment the Redskins said, "Well, if you don't take our shitty lowball offer, we'll we'll just franchise tag you." Kirk's first franchise tag was 19 million. <laughs> Prices have gone up since then, haven't they? Second one was 26. Then he gets 3 years 84 from the Vikings just added two more for 60. You do the math on that, it's nearly 2 Hundred million dollars, good for Kirk Cousins, good for Dak Prescott. Keep Jerry's feet to the fire. Bottom line is: A, they've never learned nothing from the Cousins saga. B, no price is too high for competent every week quarterback play, because you're paying for the right to not have to go look for one over the next three, five, ten years. And guess what? You can't take the money with you to heaven, Jera. Ah, that's not true. I've I've got arrangements to bring some of that money with me. I want to have it. The NBA has reversed course after criticism that you can't buy a custom jersey that says free Hong Kong. I'm surprised the NBA did this. I'm surprised that China allowed this, but apparently they have. So will any players dare to put free Hong Kong on their jersey in the restart? Someone was, you know, people were putting all kinds of custom jersey names and screenshotting them and putting them on social media, uh, including LaDouche for LeBron James. I guess you can order that. Somebody said, Hey, I typed in burn Jews and it didn't stop me. Someone else said they put in kill cops and it didn't stop them. Darren Ravel points out it's one thing to get past the initial sort of preset computer blocking mechanisms like no free Hong Kong. But it's another thing to actually get delivered a Laker jersey with number 23 that says burn Jews on it, which would almost certainly, almost certainly never happen. Can't be entirely sure, but I'm guessing it probably wouldn't. We'll see what happens now. Cam Newton has pushed some chips in the table, and I love it. Cam Newton, uh, who has got a great chance to resurrect his career here with Bill Belichick. Hadn't spoken a whole lot, but he sat down in a four-person roundtable kind of discussion. Very beautifully filmed at a really cool place in West L.A. called 40 Love, a tennis-themed hangout. Wine glasses, cigars, uh, Newton looking uh, dapper as always with sort of tennis gear on, a cardigan sweater knotted around his neck, and a fedora, glasses on as well. Cam Newton talked about how disrespected he felt by the league because he was unemployed for 86 nights
1: But just keep it 100 which it, it was my my dog future shout out to future he dropped a mixtape called 56 nights mm-hmm. one of my favorite mixtapes and i was like bro like they playing with me and i had to count the days how long i was unemployed mm-hmm. it was 86 nights 86 nights, like, it's just like, that. that's two to, that's three months. Yeah, almost 90 days. You see what I'm saying? And I'm going through it, and I'm like, okay, early on, like, people going to get signed, That I'm looking at them, I'm like, you can't say I'm old, because people older than me getting signed. Especially at your position. Hello. You oh, know. He's not <laughs> wrong like, on that. You can't say it's about injury, because people who are inju- more injured than me are getting sound, so I'm like, okay, cool. Like what like whoa, where we at? Then you can't say the talent. So I'm like, hold on. Okay, now I'll be the first person to tell you, these last two years I haven't been putting the best film on tape. Mm-hmm. That's real though, That's just honest. Best
0: play on tape. But at the same time, I'm like,
1: okay, there's other people that's been putting shitty film out there that's getting picked up. And I'm like, whoa. That's true. Not even picked up. They got the starting job. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm feeling disrespected. Like I'm feeling like, bro, because every team at one point had to say, okay, fellas, Cam Newton, what do we think? Uh, Pass. You feel me? And that's the disrespect that I feel. So it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm I feel vindicated to some degree, mm-hmm. but I'm searching for I'm like I'm aiming at I'm going at next all year. Because it's like I, at, at one point I did feel and I still do feel like a part of me is left because I gave uh, organization everything mm-hmm. what I gave. I don't think other people were willing to give. And it was times where I, sh- I knew I wasn't supposed to be playing. But off of the mere fact of Luke Keekley Thomas Davis, you know what I'm saying, like uh, DJ. Yeah,
0: I get it. I love it. I love the, the, the boldness, the brashness. But hopefully for Cam, he backs it up with great play because otherwise it will not age well. Of course, some would argue, well, that's Cam's narrative. We don't know what Cam was asking for in terms of money. We don't know what bona fide offers from teams came in at a reasonable number, given where he is, age and health-wise, that he turned down and said, nah, don't think so. We don't know. But he's not wrong in saying that a lot of other scrubby, scrubbyer quarterbacks got a look. Of course, some would say, but this is the kind of thing that many coaches, including Belichick, just don't really care to see. All this stuff that is superfluous. Now you say, Tom Brady, though, he did a Facebook series with him and his kids. True. True. Tom Brady also has, count them, six rings. So you get a little more leeway when that happens. I'm a Cam. I'm Cam positive. I'm, I'm a little bit more than Cam neutral. Slightly Cam positive. I'd like to see him be pretty good in New England. Because it'd be good story, fun story to watch. But if he does not play well, it's not going to age well. Okay, in our quick 30 here, it's a load management Wednesday. Let me end with some Rona talk. And this is very important, what I'm about to go ahead and lay out there. You can have whatever opinion you want about the pandemic, how it's been handled, politicians, Republicans, Democrats, Trump, Congress, governors, you name it. But can we all agree that we need better fucking data? It is an unbelievable shit show. Some 140 plus days into the lockdown. Is it 140? March 11th to July 11th, 120. Let's call it 120 ish. We have the worst data you've ever seen. It's ridiculous. For example, in Florida, they found out uh, that a number of, first of all, the. Percentage of positive tests is an important metric. All of the medical people and the CDC have said, we want to watch this because we can't just count on raw case numbers, more testing, raw case numbers, even if the percentage is low or dropping could increase, right? Duh. Well, guess what? Florida had labs, many of them that were reporting near 100% positives they weren't reporting negatives a television station of course a fox television station in florida did the little bit of investigative reporting which every media outlet every television station and newspaper republican democrat liberal conservative should have been on to go wait a hundred percent they did a little bit of digging wasn't even that hard and they found out oh yeah no that's not right they call one of the major health centers in Florida, Orlando Health, and said, uh, yeah, we're, we're from Fox uh, 25. It says here in the official Florida data dashboard that you guys reported 98% positive tests. Is that right? Orlando Health is like, uh, n- no, no, where'd, where'd you get that? Oh, from the official Florida statistics. Yeah, no, that's not right. That's a mistake. Oh, okay. Well, mistakes happen. What? What is it? Uh, Let's see, uh, 9.4% positive. I'm sorry, 9.4%, yet you were listed as 98% positive. Many other labs reported 100% positive. In fact, somewhere upwards of 350 labs were reporting near 100% positives, which we knew couldn't be true. This is a major fucking scandal. How does this happen? This is not a random mistake. Hundreds of labs in a state that's one of the focused-on hotspots that are misreporting and claiming, oh, it's a mistake. Errors of this magnitude, it's insane. This should be the lead story on every newscast in America. Everybody should care about this. We need accurate data to get through this and out of this unless you don't really yet want to get through it or out of it. Or if you want to make certain states look bad, maybe you don't want that. So the White House has ordered hospitals to bypass the CDC and send key coronavirus information to a Washington database. Alarming health officials, says the New York Times. Oh yeah, speaking of the New York Times, they published what was essentially an urban legend. About a young man, 30 years old, in Texas, who went to a, supposedly went to a coronavirus party, got sick, ended up in the hospital, and before he died, told his nurses, I thought it was a hoax, and yet I made a mistake. It was a one-source story. They couldn't back it up. The doctor who relayed the story had no information on where the party was, how long the person was there, what his treatment was like in the hospital, any family members, no corroboration, nothing. And it, of course, ticked all the boxes of the usual left-wing smear campaign against Red State, Texas. Young person, fear porn, 30, died, Corona party, oh, my God. And they had to then amend the story and amend the story and amend the story to the point where they're like, well, somebody said this happened, but we can't confirm it. But, well, you know, we printed it anyway. It's fucking insane, people. We can all agree on that, can't we? Hey, my Democrat friends, all four of you left listening to this podcast, can you agree? There's no way to run a country with this shit going on with misinformation, disinformation, urban legends being printed, laboratory reports that are completely wrong. Oh, yeah. The CDC has been backfilling deaths as well. How about them apples? So, for example, the CDC pulled forward from months ago an additional 4,576 COVID-related deaths. Now, this is not necessarily wrong. They want to try to get an accurate assessment of who died from what and you know, final death certificates and autopsies, they take time to properly record. It's the fact that the media doesn't report it in terms of the estimated date of death by the CDC. For example, Florida reported 120 new COVID deaths on July 9th. Wow, that sounds terrible, right? Biggest increase in one day, will scream the headlines. Guess how many were from actually July 9th? Eight. The rest were backfill. Another example, 23 deaths were reported on July 9th in North Carolina. Again, only one occurred that day. The rest were all backfill. There's no way to know what's going on with this kind of sloppy, if not intentional, misinformation going on. And the media is all too happy to paint the worst picture because they never give good news. Hey, good news, even when there is good news, that should be indisputable. Death rate dropping is no reason to celebrate. Dr. Fauci. Oh, my God. And then there's this. Could we be headed toward a vaccine disaster? Maybe. A report today about how the first trial of a vaccine looked good. Produced antibodies in all the participants, the volunteers, in the clinical trial. Still early on, but okay, good, right? Jordan Schachtel, who's an investigative freelance journalist, he's a good follow on Twitter, said, let's talk vaccine. The CDC has recorded 179 total deaths of people under 25. That's in the entire country of 342 million. He says, let's estimate 10% of the people under 25 in America have been infected. That's a reasonable, not excessive number. With a mandatory vaccine, which some think we have to have, you'd need to inject 100 million Americans with a rushed vaccine against a virus who has a fatality percentage that is so low it's barely measurable. Is that sane? No! Plus 100 million vaccines to save around 1,000 people at best That gives the benefit of the doubt to that recorded deaths are due to COVID. The vaccine then must cause fatal complications in fewer than 1 in 100,000 people because then it is actually deadlier than the disease. And that doesn't even include side effects that could occur in many more people. Brain damage, stroke, paralysis, you name it. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I've at least read up enough to know Vaccines have challenges and problems. It's madness. Can we agree that the world has been enveloped? Or not the world, but America is enveloped in madness. Someone at some point has to stand up and say, this is nuts. LA is on the verge of moving into the red zone, says Gil Garcetti, the highest COVID-19 threat level. Somebody tweeted, yeah, he's about to go fill the churches with... Sand. New York has now implemented a travel advisory expanded to 22 states. If you're coming home to New York from the following states, you must self quarantine for 14 days Alaska, Arkansas, Arizona, California, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Idaho, Kansas, Louisiana, Minnesota, Mississippi, North Carolina, New Mexico, Nevada, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a very low state. Are you kidding me? This is the same Governor Cuomo that threatened his neighboring states with lawsuits if they did that to New York at the peak of their pandemic. Oh, and the governor of New York, Cuomo, is now selling a poster of a mountain with artwork on it that he helped design about beating the pandemic. And I guess the funds are going to go to someone somewhere. It's a poster about how New York beat the pandemic. It's insane. Somebody at some point, and I know it's not just somebody, it's collectively. There is so much fear out there. It is amazing. My sister-in-law, oh, it's really bad up here in Pennsylvania. My, my, my wife is like, what do you mean bad? Oh, it's just bad. They say it's bad. And my wife's like, well, give me some numbers. Give me some proportionality. My wife's sister doesn't know. I mean, she's a wonderful person. School teacher, she's great. But she's just, oh, it's bad. She doesn't know that. She's been scared into it. Uh, my wife's hairdresser, same thing. Too scared to be in a salon with other hairdressers. She went and set up her own deal. Which again, if that makes you feel better, that's fine. But my God. And to think that we sent the infected elderly into nursing homes and long-term care with the most vulnerable population and killed way too many thousands and thousands and thousands tens of thousands of senior citizens, and we're not going to send the least vulnerable population, grade school kids, back to school where they desperately need to be with their friends and to get their education? Mm. It's enough to infuriate you. I don't know how anyone can disagree with what I've just said right now. I don't know how anyone can say, yeah, but you're wrong because of this. All I've presented is fact upon fact upon fact and common sense. I don't know. Hopefully at some point it turns. Oh, yeah, and Survivor's been pulled from the CBS lineup, which doesn't even have a date yet because they don't know when they can film it. They were going to go to Fiji. Note the irony. Survivor has been delayed to March because of a pandemic. Shouldn't part of Survivor be you have to lick the Corona pole if you lose a challenge? So you survive being on an island and you survived corona without medic? You insensitive bastard. I know. Sorry. That'll be a wrap. Thanks for downloading. Keep your head up in the madness. We will press on. If you like this piece of daily content, you can get all five days a week for just five bucks a month. It helps support me in the effort and keep me going, which I really appreciate. Get 12 months for the price of 11, and best of all, get your Zave delivered to any platform you want, except for a couple who are being assholes, and there's nothing we can do about that. But you got your choices there, so that's good. Quality content worth paying a fair price for, and it's where we can all be fully unrestricted in what we say. Thank God for that. Rate and review so our algorithmic overlords bless our crops. That's 38 minutes of gold, just me alone on Wednesday. I think that's going to be the case. Wednesday solos with me, a load management day, and then we'll get back to our normal guests Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday and Friday. Thanks for listening. Have a great Wednesday, and we will see you tomorrow.
2: skyline is a staple in our lives it's a way of connecting and it brings us together it's so nice that you take time out for you and your friends and enjoy that time together it's always a good feeling at skyline we love our skyline time